This past Thursday night, I teach homiletics for an hour from, five, uh, from 6 until 7. If you do not know this, we meet here on Thursday night uh, at uh, 7 o'clock for a midweek service. And I promise you this, you, uh, if you come once or twice, you, you, may not, you may not come back, but it'll be because you couldn't. It won't be because you wouldn't, because you'll enjoy yourself if you come. It just happens to be one of those rare back and preach and sing nights when we don't have children's church and all these young'uns and everything. We have to cut everything off short because uh, of the schedule. But I hope you'll come. Uh, we had a great time here on last Thursday night, and I was teaching in my class, and this outline came to all of us through uh, some of the men that was helping me out, and we were sort of juggling the Scripture around, and uh, and teaching each other, I'm learning as much as they are, we come to Psalm 116. It says, Psalm 116, uh, I love the Lord. Is that it? All right. 116. Is that it, boys? All right. Y'all catch up with us. All right, 116. If you got a Bible, look at it. The screens are lying to you. That shows you what technology can do for you. It'll change your whole Bible around. But uh, there it is. There you go. It's amazing uh, what, we can, what we can fix. I love the Lord because He hath heard my voice and my supplication. I want to read this to you. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Now, if you're alive today and you're a Christian, you ought to be calling on him. He's a God that listens. Notice verse 3. The sorrows of death compass me, and the pains of hell got, got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Notice what he said. He didn't say trouble and sorrow found him. He said, I found trouble and sorrow. I can identify with the psalmist. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beg you or I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. Notice how he asked and then he started bragging on him. He knew how to get something his father had. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the, the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. Verse 7, return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Look at verse 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for His benefits toward us? Or what shall uh, I, I render unto the Lord for His benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call unto the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all His people. Look at 17. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Look at 18. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all His people. I want you to go back to verse 1. We'll snatch the title and lift it right off of the page 
and we'll put it right on the screen. And it says, the title of this is, I Love the Lord. Yeah. I want everybody to say that with me. I love the Lord. I want you to say it again. I love the Lord. You can be seated. Nobody loves anybody without a reason. Nobody loves anybody else lest there be a reason for loving them. I am married and in a relationship with my wife. There is love present. There is love there. And there are reasons why that love is alive. She does certain things. I do certain things to cultivate that relationship. When that cultivating begins to subside and when that fertilizing begins to subside and be menial and non-existent, all of a sudden the love begins to suffer, not surface. If you're going to make love surface, there's got to be things that you do that generates love. I watch these young couples around here holding hands, walking in and out of the church building. They are generating a love relationship. Every one of us do things here uh, that expresses love. Somebody will walk out today and there will be two ladies maybe who are good friends, who have established a good friendship here, and they will leave and separate themselves from each other. One will turn around and say, pray for me and remember I love you. She will say the same and the air will be filled with love. But, but never does love operate on itself. Love doesn't just jump on you. Love doesn't just conquer you. Uh, love doesn't just compass you about because it has nothing else to do. It comes because of actions and deeds. Does not the Bible say a man that is going to have friends must what? He must do something. You see, some of you came here and you expected everybody to treat you glorious and everybody to treat you hunky-dory and everybody to make all over you and everybody just to be uh, uh, just sort of, uh, uh, what is the word, making over you because you're here. That won't cut it. That won't never cut it. It won't cut it today. It won't cut it next week. If you're going to just sort of walk by and wait on everybody to acknowledge you and walk by and wait on everybody to see that you're here, probably you're going to be doing that for a long time. He that is going to have friends must make himself friendly. It's something you do to have. You do to have. You may walk out here and say those people were unfriendly. No, 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 no. Now, let's analyze that statement for just a moment. Problem is, you wanted everybody to take the initiative. Am I preaching it right? You want somebody to take the initiative and, and, and just sort of swoon you and, and pull you in and do everything. That's never going to happen. It doesn't happen where you work. It doesn't happen where you shop. And guess what? It ain't going to happen where you go to church. Now, that being said... I, 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 I want to say along with you, I'm not saying this singularly, I'm saying this plural for all of us, uh, we could say we love the Lord, we love God. I, I, I will say I, I have a love for God, I want it to be deepened, I want it to be broadened, I want it to be lengthened, don't you? I, 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 I want my love for Him to be real, I want my love for Him to be solid. I want my love for him to be what it ought to be. But I'm going to tell you something. I love God for a reason. 
And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. There was a time, 21 years of my life, I drug his name in the dirt. How many of you know what blasphemy is? I took his name in vain. I talked like a, a sailor, acted like a fool, lived like a yard dog, played the fool and done what I pleased. And God, in his mercy, uh-oh, uh-oh. See, I done messed around and messed around and went right back to that place. God, in his mercy and God, in his grace, came by and saw my empty, sorry, low-down, good-for-nothing lifestyle and said, are you serious? You mean to tell me you think that's living? Let me take you out of that. Come here, boy. And he snatched me up by my hair and it came out. He snatched me up out of it and set my feet. Psalm 40, verse 1. He set my feet. Can I get anybody up here to go to church? He set my feet on a solid rock and established he established my goings. Now, I'm going to ask you something. If somebody came along and there you were, uh, soaked in gasoline, there you were, fire wasn't far, and they took you up and dried you off and set you where the fire could not get to you, would you not have some semblance of love toward them? It might not be all, all together like you'd like for it to be. It might not be uh, the, the totality of love, but you would have a love because somebody got to you before the flames did. I love the Lord this morning. I know that you do, but I'm not without reasons. I am not without reasons. I want to give you three. There are more of them here, but it's Sunday morning. I'm going to give you three Simple reasons. I want you to notice the first one, verses 1 through 4, He hears me. I want to ask you a question. How many of you love Him this morning? Let me see your hand. You love God this morning. You've got a love in your heart for God. All of us want it to be broadened. All of us want it to be greater. But you have a love for God. Let me ask you why. Why do you love Him? Well, let's see. Now, if it takes you that long to come up with a reason, you're probably not in love with Him like you thought you was. How come you love him? Number one, he hears me. I want you to say that with me. He hears me. I want you to say it again. He hears me. I want you to say it again. He hears me. For someone to hear you, they've got to be listening. What does it do to you in your emotion to find out God takes time to listen? to you. As sorry as you was, as lost as you was, as empty as you was, as hell-bound as you was, God should have let... How many of you say amen to this? God should have let every one of us fry in hell. Can I get some amens right there? He ought to have, but His mercy and His grace and His tender-heartedness and His long-suffering reach further down Hallelujah! Then judgment could reach up and get us. He hears me. He hears me. Read those verses to yourself. He said, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice, my supplication. He inclined uh, his ear unto me. Uh, the sorrows of death compassed me and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. I was running in trouble neck deep. I was running in sorrow neck deep. I was running to hell as fast as I could go. 21 years old, wore out with life and all of a sudden then 
called out upon the name of the Lord and he heard me. How many of you are glad this morning he hears sinners? How many of you are glad when you're a child of God and have a burden or a problem that when your pastor's not there, when your deacon can't get to you and your Sunday school teacher's not available, how many of you are glad that... I like that old song, Telephone to Glory. Oh, what joy divine. I am so glad he's always on the line. Hello? You don't get... I'm sorry, the number you've called has been disconnected. God has moved. <laughs> or, if you want a prayer answered, push three. If you want to tell on somebody, push four. If you want to go to heaven in the next week, press one. You don't get any of that. All you get is a God who is attentively listening to you. When Steve and Carol first came here, Steve was in his probably mid-twenties then. And uh, he started running around with me. We was the only two staff members here at that time. And uh, we started eating lunch together a lot and, and, and ru- just, just doing the ministry together, two by two. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Richard, Chris, and Angela, I guess Chris might have been, maybe, how old was you when Steve came here? Six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. They were just, just, just uh, stair-step children. Just, and they would get in the back of the car and constantly magpies were quiet. Compared to the... How many of you have children like that? They just get in the back. It was daddy, daddy. They don't say daddy. Daddy, 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 daddy. Well, you know after a while, what do you do? You tune them out. You get over it. If you, if you said what? Every time they said daddy, you'd be hoarse. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Well, Steve didn't have any children. He didn't have any young people. He did, they, they had never at that time had any, and they would be in the back. Daddy, I'd just be carrying on a conversation with Steve. Steve would say, my God, answer them. I said, What? He said, they're calling your name. They have been for days. I said, we don't worry about that. And I kept talking to daddy, daddy, daddy. I done, boom. Steve wasn't used to it. Then he had to. And now I ride with him and they talk to him in the back seat. And it's vice versa. But, but I turned them out and off. Because I'd heard their magpieism. Let me ask you a question. Are you not glad God's not like me? Are you not glad that every time you call, He answers? Sometimes He don't give it to you just like you ask it, but aren't you glad? He always answers. He may say no every once in a while. He may say wait a while every once in a while. He may delay it every once in a while. He may deny it every once in a while. But I promise you this, he's still the best thing going in North Augusta, South Carolina. Somebody give him praise because he's still. Now let me ask you a question. What is it he's talking to you about, about bringing to the front this morning and laying it before him? 
Well, I'm not going to say anything. He hadn't done anything in the past. Probably won't do anything again. Let me encourage you this morning to deny that lie. Let me say it again. Deny that lie because the devil told it. You bring it to God and God will attend to it. Number two, I love him because, not only because he hears me, verses one through four, he helps me. He helps me. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. I want that to soak like a simmering rain. I, the Lord preserved the simple. I was brought low. In other words, I was knocked down a notch. I was brought low. I was brought down. I was burdened and, and cumbered with care. And he helped me. Notice what the verse says. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. I'm glad to be able to tell you when God helps you in your soul, your soul can stand up and return to its rest. Your soul can go back to its place of contentment. You'll always be discontented. Your soul will always be in a rage. Your soul will always be in a place of disruption and discontent as long as Jesus is absent from it. But when Christ, the hope of glory, comes into your life, good God, I'm glad to know He will help. He'll help you. Some of us are looking for help in the wrong places. Some of us are talking to people who don't have any help trying to get help from them. <laughs> Reminds me of that fellow down the street where I used to live had a dog that was sick. He went next door and asked the fellow, he said, he said, uh, my dog's sick. You know anything I can do for him? He said, yeah, give him a half a pint of, of, uh, of coal oil, of kerosene. Give him a half a pint of kerosene. He said, you think it? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just give it to him. He goes over there and pulls it down. His dog, dog's whoop, dead. <laughs> Man runs over there and said, hey, I done what you told me and my dog died. He said, don't, don't worry about it. Mine did too. <laughs> Some people's taking advice from other people who's killing everything around them. Let me ask you a question. Has he helped you? Mission attendee. You can talk about how you've been treated wrong. You can talk about how everybody else got a fair shake and you didn't. Soldier. You can talk about how religion is sick and thin and empty and how denominations are all full of hot air. But what are you full of? What are you, my friend, going to do about your deplorable mess I offer you, here's all I can offer you this morning. A God who takes nothing and breathes on it and it becomes something. I give you not religion. I give you not ordinances. I give you not pews and plush carpet. I give you a Savior who is Jesus, the Lord, the Lord of glory is His name. He said, and he helped me. How many of you have been helped by the Lord? Let me see your hand. Brother Torkola, you got saved just weeks and weeks ago and got in and got baptized. 
and was living with his wife out of wedlock, came to me and said, it's not right. What do I need to do? He said, I need help. Today he sits in the house of God with a suit on. Today he sits with his family and his mother-in-law and sits with his family back in the house of God, raising his hand and rejoicing over his preacher's preaching. Why? Because of what I told him? Why? Because what I've done for him? Why? Because of all the church ministry? Oh, no. i tell you why. Because the Lord helped him. Can somebody give God praise for his help? How is one way the Lord has helped the mission in the last month? Give him a, a, one of those microphones. How has the Lord, just sit right there where you're at or stand, whatever, how, stand right up there right where you're at. Tell me one thing that tests, they may not believe me because they think I'm the preacher and I get paid to do this. And I do, but I don't do it because I'm paid. I do it because it's true. He helped me. Tell me how the Lord helped testify. Kenny is sitting back there, and he got saved the other day and baptized. Gary got saved just, uh, I think, Thursday night. Let him stand up. Aisle. Stand up, Gary. The two he mentioned. He's getting baptized this morning, and this is Kenny right here. Uh, he got baptized the other night. He had to crawl up the stairs because he's handicapped from a stroke, but he said he wanted to leave his cane and crawl up to the baptistry and give his life to God and get baptized. Can somebody tell me that the Lord helped them too? Can somebody give God glory and praise in the house of the Lord that God is still on the throne? Ha, ha, ha. Hey, I'm glad we got us a God who's real and will help people. Not, number three, the last one. Not only He hears me, not only He helps me, He holds me. I want you to look at this verse. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, comma. There's a sermon in here, Travis. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, comma. Mine eyes from tears, comma. And my feet from falling. I, I got to read that again. I mean, that, that, while I went through that, that helped me. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. How many of you in here... Your soul has been delivered from death and Christ lives in your soul. Let me see your hand. All right, now that's a bunch of people. Praise God. You say, I ain't coming back over here. Y'all are too active. It's going to get worse than that. I want people who are saved to say so. I want people who are saved to worship like it. I want people who are saved to love Him. I want people who are saved to sing. I want people whose soul, whose soul has been delivered from death. They don't need to look like the mowing law moved in and they leave it. They don't need to look like death warmed over. They need to look like death has been delivered from them. And notice what he said. My eyes from tears. My eyes, Steve, I want you to testify how he can, he can, he can dry your eyes from tears. Just stand right there where you are. There's a, there's a, just recently, wife went to glory. Been many a tear shed. Praise him. Give him glory. Uh, it's 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 hard to have a day when you don't weep, uh, but I'll just testify today that I am having days when I don't weep, and I give all the glory for that to the Lord, and I appreciate Him for it. And when you, He's just been good. Amen. He will deliver your eyes from tears. 
I wish I could stop here and testify, but it's too personal and they're here. But I'll tell you this, life will make you cry a river. And if you're here saying, I don't know what y'all are talking about, hang around. You got a kid, you got financial trouble, you got a marriage floundering and faltering to the place of weeping, enduring for the night. But joy come out in the morning. If you're weeping right now, morning's coming. Morning's coming. Why? Because he holds me and he holds you. And keep my and he'll keep my feet from falling. You might be staggering around like a drunk man. You might be as close to falling as you've ever been. But I want to tell you, if you love him, it's for a reason. If you love him, it's because of some purpose. And I'm glad I got three of them out of this psalm. Number one, he hears me. Thank you, Jesus, for never being too busy for me. He helps me. Thank you, Lord, with all the children you got to look after. I want to thank you that you look after us too. Somebody holler amen right there. And not only that, I love him because he holds me. I illustrated and quit. There was a little girl in foster care. She was six or seven She lived in foster care because of a domesticated dilemma she found herself in with her mother and daddy. There were problems in that home to the point that they had a fight one night and the daddy was in a drunken rage, in a drunken stupor. Got a hold of a gun, they wrestled, it went off and killed his wife and the little girl's mother. The foster family took this little girl to church and uh, told the Sunday school director and the teacher together, she's fragile. She'll have to be held. She'll have to be encouraged. She'll have to be watched over. She can't be turned loose. She don't know how to act and she's traumatized. So the Sunday school teacher took her and carried her, set her on her lap and taught the entire lesson with that little girl on her knee. In the Sunday school classroom over on the wall was a paper picture of Jesus standing with a shepherd's stick in a storm walking across a gangplank that looked like it was rugged and, and, and worn in the middle of a torrential downpour and rain and darkness. The little girl at the end of the lesson, the teacher said, did you learn anything today? She said, yes, ma'am. I know that man. And she pointed toward Jesus in the picture. 
She said, you do? How did you come to know that man, said the teacher. She said, the night that my daddy shot my mother, he held me through the whole ordeal. He held me in his arms. How many of you are glad his arms are big enough for a bunch of children? I know that man. He holds me. And he'll do the same thing for you. You know, I certainly don't mean this to sound wrong, but I have a heart full of compassion mingled with pity. For anybody who will walk out of here lost. Compassion because I know what he can do. And pity because I know you won't let him do it. Who in his right mind would not want a Savior to hold him in 2007? In this miserable concocted mess that we're in. If all you have is a paycheck that you grab onto on Friday and all that you have is family, that's wonderful. But if you don't have Jesus to hold on to you in the midst of turmoil, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Because you'll sit there and make all kinds of reasons why you don't want to walk down here and trust Him and none of them are worth a tinker. None of them will hold water when you look at how wonderful he is. At hearing, your husband won't listen. Your wife don't hear. Your neighbors and your children and your family have turned a deaf ear because you've talked so much. But God will. He helps you. He extends mercy and extends grace free. And you'll step over that and say, excuse me, I've got to go to lunch. I'm sorry. I am so sorry that you will leave a God like that with compassionate arms and you'll take him over a triple-decker Sonic Burger or a short line at the cafeteria. He holds me. There ain't nothing an old man likes anymore than somebody to be around. Diane asked me the other day, she said, what, what is something I can do to encourage you? I said, just hold me and tell me it's going to be all right. And she just came and did it. And hallelujah to God, if it was wrong, I felt so good about being held that I really didn't care what happened. He holds. If a person can do that for you, what about the Creator? Stand with me. Just keep standing and walking at the same time. How many of you just get out and come and say, I love Him, and I want to come and tell Him why? Come on. Come on, come on, come on. I love the Lord. I give Him praise and glory.